Welcome to Adaptations for Living Online University Offerings, where you will find a variety of topics promoting independent and comfortable living. Welcome to Episode 1 of the Assistive Technology and Special Education Law Series with Judy Grant of PillCop, which is the Public Interest Law Center of Pennsylvania. Today's episode provides an introduction to the topic and an overview of IDEA regulations. Click subscribe and keep up with future episodes of the series. Visit our website, www.networksfortraining.org, for additional webcasts, podcasts, articles, and so much more. Hi, everyone. This is Rosa McAllister. Today, we're going to be talking about assistive technology and special ed law, particularly here in Pennsylvania. And I'm very pleased that we have with us a guest speaker, Judy Grant from Hillcop. Public Interest Law Center of Philadelphia. Um, she is a very, very um, wonderful, dynamic speaker, presenter, and certainly extremely knowledgeable, and um, has lots of insider information about just this very issue. So I'm going to pass this to Judy. Thank you, Rosa. We're going to be talking about um, assistive technology and the law. Uh, with an emphasis on Pennsylvania, but not exclusively Pennsylvania. And I think you'll find that the law is really quite a powerful tool for getting assistive technology services for students with disabilities who need them. I'm going to talk first about the IDEA regulations, just to get the basic framework of what the law requires and then uh, give a brief overview of what schools need to do to enable students with disabilities to benefit from, um, in, from assistive technology, and then look a bit at the case law. First, we're going to talk about the IDEA regulations on assistive technology. The, as those of you know who have read uh, the statute and the regulations, they're very complex and very dense, um, but hopefully this format will enable you to go back and look at the text um, when you need to. IDEA defines an assistive technology device as any item, piece of equipment, or product system, whether acquired commercially, off the shelf, modified, or customized, that is used to increase, maintain, or improve the functional capabilities of a child with a disability. And that's the very broad definition that you've seen in other statutes. Um, it's pretty universal across the board in federal law. However, this last time around, um, the regulations were amended to include the provision that the term does not include a medical device that is surgically implanted or the replacement of such a device. And that was meant primarily to exclude um, services to students with uh, cochlear implants, uh, specifically mapping of those devices, although um, the commentary on the reg says that, that uh, school staff can check on the devices if they want to. Um, they don't have to really do anything to maintain them. And there's been a lot of controversy about that particular 
addition to IDEA this time around because it really isn't so clear in the statute that that Congress meant to exclude it, but it did get into the regulations, and so far uh, that interpretation of the statute has been upheld by the courts. Just as important as assistive technology device is assistive technology service, which is defined as any service that directly assists a child with a disability in the selection, acquisition, or use of an assistive technology device. And this can include evaluations of the needs of a child with a disability, including a functional evaluation of the child in the child's customary environment. It can include purchasing, leasing, or otherwise providing for the acquisition of assistive technology devices. It can include selecting, designing, fitting, customizing, adapting, applying, maintaining, repairing, or replacing assistive technology devices. And very important, coordinating and using other therapies, interventions, or services with assistive technology devices such as those associated with existing education and rehabilitation plans and programs. And perhaps most important of all, training or technical assistance for a child with a disability, or if appropriate, that child's family, and training and technical assistance for professionals, including educators, therapists, everyone in uh, the school environment, employers for students who are transitioning, and anyone else who provides services to or are substantially involved in the life of the child. And those are the pieces of the assistive technology uh, requirement that are probably most difficult for school districts to get together. Um, it's a lot easier to, to physically get a device, but getting everyone who will be using it with the child trained and coordinated and get all of those pieces working together, that's the really hard part. Under IDEA, assistive technology may be required under several different provisions of the law. It may be required as specially designed instruction, or it may be considered a related service, or it may be a supplementary aid or service. And all of those things are, are um, requirements that have to be stated in the IEP. And once they're in the IEP, of course, they must be delivered. Under IDEA, each local school district, intermediate unit, other public agency, must ensure that assistive technology devices and services, or both, are made available to a child with a disability if required as part of the child's special education related services, or supplementary aids and services. And supplementary aids and services is defined in the law as aids, services, and other supports that are provided in regular education classes, other education-related settings, and in extracurricular and non-academic settings to enable children with disabilities 
to be educated with non-disabled children to the maximum extent appropriate. That addition of extracurricular and non-academic settings is new in the most recent regulations under IDEA that were promulgated in 2006. They became effective this last school year. Um, so that is another uh, piece of the educational experience that traditionally has been um, uh, relatively untouched by supplementary aids and services. It's been a lot harder to um, to organize and deliver services in non-academic settings than in the classroom. The basic re requirement uh, governing assistive technology in the IEP, whichever rubric it may come into the IEP under, is that if the IEP team determines that the student needs assistive technology, it has to provide it. And the IEP team must consider whether a student with disabilities needs assistive technology devices and services. So that's not, it's not something the IEP team really has discretion to consider or not to consider. And, and I think you'll see when we get to the case law that what has driven the results in a lot of the cases is this duty to identify the child's needs for assistive technology and meet them in the IEP. Another um, useful requirement in the regulations is that um, students may take their devices home. On a case-by-case -case basis, the use of school purchase assistive technology devices um, may, may be taken home. Um, if the child's IEP team determines that the child needs access to those devices in order to receive FAPE. And I think fairly overwhelmingly when those cases have gone uh, to the dispute resolution process, the resolution has been that the child should be able to take uh, the devices home. Even though schools are sometimes a little reluctant to do that, I think generally um, it's true more often than not that if a child needs a device in school, he's going to need it at home as well. Oh, to, I'm sorry. Okay. I, yeah, I referred to the acronym FAPE. It stands for Free Appropriate Public Education. That's the basic requirement under IDEA that all students with disabilities must receive. And when we get to the case law, we'll see a little bit about how that works out in real-life situations. Um, under IDEA, it's very clear in the regs that assistive technology is not just for special education teachers. Um, a regular education teacher of a child with a disability must, to the extent appropriate, participate in the development of the IEP for the child, including the determination of the supplementary aids and services, program modifications, and supports for school personnel. And all of that could take the form of, of assistive technology devices and services. Under um, IDEA, as it was amended most recently in 2004, um, the state may, but it doesn't have to, uh, reserve some of its 
Part B allocation. This is the money that Congress gives the states every year to pay for some part of the services that students between the ages of 3 and 21 receive. And um, they can set aside some of that funding to pay for support, direct services, technical assistance, personnel pre preparation, and professional development and training. And that can be used to improve the use of technology in the classroom. For children with disabilities, it can be used to support the use of technology, including technology with universal design principles and assistive technology devices to maximize accessibility to the general education curriculum. Um, and the, the wording of the statute or the regulation makes clear that, that the state can do that, but it doesn't have to. So this is a really good area for people to advocate with their state educational agency um, for attention to assistive technology. This concludes today's episode of Assistive Technology and Special Education Law. We hope this program has been helpful to you and welcome your comments. Please join us for other episodes in the series.